At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. My guest today is not here to talk about her latest movie or a new TV show. Actress Christina Applegate is here to tell her own story because she knows that there are millions of women watching right now and she wants to use this opportunity to speak about what she's learned about her own very recent battle with breast cancer. Every woman who has a breast, or has two breasts, <laughs> cannot afford to miss this show. So welcome, Christina Applegate. You look great. Don't be nervous. They're very friendly. Oh, I know. They are. Yeah. They're beautiful. How are you doing? How are you? I'm good. You're I'm good. good. If there are any survivors out there, you know that. How many people in here are survivors today? <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Really? Stand up survivors. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Have a seat. Um, all right. All right. So you guys know it can be a little uncomfortable after Five weeks, but that's about it, really. It's really? uncomfortable. So the recovery process is painful? Yeah, it's, it can be very painful. And as you know, women know, it's, it's also a part of you that's gone. So you, you, you go through a grieving process and a mourning process. So that's, that can be difficult some days. Yeah, some days. Yeah. OK, let's start from the beginning. Was someone with you when you found out? Yes, my friend Rachel was with me. Had you just I... gone for a regular mammogram? No, you know, I had, I've been getting mammograms since I was 30 because of, I'm high risk. I have a mother with breast cancer. And, um, and so my doctor said that the mammograms weren't enough for me because of the denseness of my breast. So he suggested that I get an MRI last mm -hmm, year. So mm -hmm. I went and got the MRI, and they found some, some funky things going on. And I had a biopsy. And it, this was about a week after my biopsy. I found out. They call you on the phone, or they, they told They called me on the phone, and I, you know, I knew. 
I mean, you know, you don't want to hear that ever. I, How do they say it to you? It came back positive. Hmm. And I was just, you know, like right now I'm shaking, remembering that moment. As you guys know, you don't think it's going to happen to me. But you had Before lived in even, fear of it because your mother has had it twice, right? She's had it twice. And I, there was, yeah, there was this part of me that sort of knew that the other shoe was going to drop. So um, basically they told me you were positive for breast cancer and explained uh, what grade they thought it was and stage they thought it was. And What did they and say? And I was very, very, very early, early mm -hmm. stage. I was as early as, not as early as you can get, but early. very early enough. I was, just went into the mode of, okay, what do I... What do I do? I get a surgeon, okay? I get an oncologist, you know, and that coming out of my mouth even was just so foreign and such a strange mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. to say. Everybody knows and, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is your, your cancer doctor, basically. Right. And I went in right away. I mean, I'm really, I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know if any of you are, and we need things done now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for me, I had to get in now, and I wanted to have my surgery now. And what I was now for you? Several days later? No, like the next day. I went to see my oncologist and wow. met my surgeon that same day. And within a week, I had um, my first lumpectomy, which um, then that came back with the margins weren't clear enough. So I had to have a second lumpectomy. Mm -hmm. and, and lumpectomy is when they just extract it out? Extract it out, and they always want to make sure that the margins are, you know, yeah. clear enough. Do you have to be put to sleep for that? Is that oh, yeah. That? Yeah, do. no, okay. you do. You do. And they also do, they biopsy a lymph node to make sure that there's no spreading, and mm -hmm. that all happens at that particular time. And really, my treatment plan was going to be the lumpectomy into doing radiation for six weeks. Yeah, no chemo? No chemo. Mm -hmm. But then I got tested positive for the BRCA gene, and that sort of changed everything for me because radiation was really just something temporary, and it wasn't addressing the issue of this coming back or the chance right. of it coming back in my left breast. So I was sort of, had to kind of weigh all my options at that point. So when did you make this radical decision? <sighs> it came on really fast. It was one of those things that I woke up and it felt so right, because listening about radiation was just didn't, never felt right to me, and that's not to, to say that radiation is not a great treatment plan for people. It just seemed like I don't want next year to have to deal with this again. So you just made the decision that you were going to let both go? Yep. I was just going to let them go. Mm. Then did you cry? <laughs> you know, I, at first I didn't. And then when I met with my doctor and I told him that was my decision and he brought the surgeon in and it was like it was the floodgates just opened up and I, I lost it. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I'd ever seen was my mom's, and, and that was in the 70s, and they didn't do a very good job back then. Yeah. So in my own mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be, like, butchered, and it's going to be horrible, and I'm never going to love my, that part of me again. It just, it, that's what I thought. But I did a lot of research, and, no, they can make some pretty boobies, very pretty boobies. <laughs> I want you to hear this email we got from Darlene from Ramona, California. Before we even knew Christina was coming on this show, Darlene had written to us about you. So like, stand oh, up, wow. darling. Share some of what you wrote. Oh, no. Am I going to cry? I am going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> OK, wait. <laughs> I have tissue back here. Yeah. Dear Oprah, when I read about Christina Applegate, I could not believe that such a beautiful celebrity would come forward about her decision to have a double mastectomy after being diagnosed with breast cancer. I share these feelings with you because, you see, when I was 37 years old, I also had a double mastectomy. I immediately wanted to reach out to Christina and thank her. She has my utmost admiration and gratitude for what I wish I could have let the world know when I went through it, instead of living in secrecy with a double mastectomy. 
In a world where we were all up against breast size and tight-fitting clothes, it was amazing to see Christina make me feel normal again after 11 years. Thank you. Christina Applegate grew up playing the not-so-bright Kelly Bundy on the hit 90s sitcom Married with Children. Over the years, Christina kept the laughs coming on TV, the big screen, and Broadway. Now, with another hit TV show and an Emmy nod for her lead role on ABC's Samantha Who, Christina's at the top of her game. But her triumphant return to TV was overshadowed when, just a few months ago, Christina received a shocking diagnosis. She had breast cancer at just 36 years old. Christina's cancer was discovered in only one breast, but after learning she tested positive for the breast cancer gene, she made the dramatic decision to have both breasts removed. Now, I mean, every woman who has to go through it has her own personal spiritual encounter with this. With this. And if you have the spotlight on you and the tabloids are speculating about where you are and what's going on, does that make it harder? Yeah, I mean, it does. It makes you, it harder because you kind of, you can't walk around, you know, in that mode. But it also becomes such a blessing. I talked to um, Melissa Etheridge, who I know you know, um, two days after I was diagnosed. And, mm -hmm. and the first thing she said to me is, Christina, this is a blessing that's happened to you in your life. And right now, you get to start over. And right now, you get to change everything. The way that you deal with things in, the, in life, the way that you react to things. You know, fear can hurt you. Stress can hurt you. No, this is a time that you have this opportunity to change the way you eat, the way you, everything you do. And for me also, this was the blessing of, I am a 36-year-old person with breast cancer. And not, not that many people know that that happens to women my age or women in their 20s. And so this is my opportunity now to go out and fight as hard as I can for, for early detection. And that's not mammograms, that's MRIs that insurance doesn't pay for and the gene testing that it doesn't pay for. So yeah, it became, it became this, this very strange blessing in my life. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Anybody else feel that way? Blessing? In a strange way. Well, um... In uh, uh, Zoe Magazine, we have stories called The Breast Cancer Monologues, and I wanted to read what uh, Dana Cowan wrote about her experience. She's uh, editor-in-chief of Food and Wine Magazine, and like Christina, she had a double mastectomy, and she says, I was really sad about losing my breasts. Though small, they were my favorite body part. Every morning in the shower, I'd look down and lament their impending loss. I wanted to memorize their contours. I wanted to 
hold on to the feeling of what it was like to be whole. Yeah. Oh. You ever have any of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did I have that? I actually, I did my first and last nudie photo shoot at home. <laughs> I made sure that I have, I have close-up photographs of, of them um, from every angle so I can kind of remember them. Yeah, I, you know. But the new ones you got, are the they? The new ones, because I'm not there yet, mm -hmm. so you're still in the, um, I have expanders in, and what that, those do is they keep expanding over a few months until they, they take those out and put in your implants. What keeps expanding? This, they have this strange little thing that they insert in there, and then yeah. they, they keep filling it up with saline to expand behind the muscles so oh, that okay. it, it prepares you for your implant. Okay. You know, you look down. So right now you like, don't have implants? No. Okay. I have expanders, which expanders. is kind of the same, but you've got scarring and you, there's a lot of things you're missing, as we know, and the shape is not the same and it doesn't feel the same and it's hard to carry your purse and there are so many limitations to it. And yeah, it's sad. I cry at least once a day about it because yeah. it's, um, it's hard to overlook it, you know, when you're standing there in the mirror. It's hard to, that's like, you know, when you look down, it's the first thing you see and mm -hmm. you're brushing your teeth and it's what you see. And so you're reminded constantly of this thing, this, this cancer thing that you had. Yeah, that can be really difficult. Is it like uh... But I don't have to wear a bra. <laughs> <laughs> Ever again. Mm -hmm. So I look at the bright side too. Yeah, but is there a part of you too, obviously, I mean, sure, I'm, there are all these, these emotions going on because there is like, and I thought that was so well written, I, I, I miss their contours, I lament their loss, uh, their impending loss, but then there is the, you have rid yourself of the cancer. Doesn't that feel like a victory? Abs no, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I have taken a very progressive stance in the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Dr. Philomena McAndrew is Christina Applegate's oncologist, that word, and attending physician at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Christina, as you've heard, tested positive for the breast cancer gene. And a lot of people, I'm sure, don't know what that means and what exactly is that. Well, over what the breast cancer gene, and there may be a number of breast cancer genes, but the one that is the most important one that we know increases the risk greatly of developing breast cancer is called the BRCA gene. And this, these are alterations in one of two genes that are called BRCA1 and BRCA2. We know that the, these genes are very important in preventing breast and ovary cancer. And in people, a small percentage of people really have a, a, just a single change in one little part of that gene that now does not allow it to do its job. Mm -hmm. Most people do not have it. Most breast cancers are not inherited. Most breast cancers- Most are not. Most are not inherited, which is why when people say, I have not had a family history of breast cancer, so I'm not worried about getting breast cancer, that really is not the message that people should take home from here. It is that most breast cancers are not inherited and that in the people who do have a strong family history, it's very possible their risk may be much higher than the general population. Does having the gene mean you're gonna get breast cancer? That's a big question. In people that have the BRCA1 or 2 gene mutation, the chance lifetime of getting breast cancer is up to 87%. Now, it doesn't mean that every person who carries that gene will, but it is up to 87%. And the chance of getting ovarian cancer can be up to 40%. Wow. 
So that's a very important statistic as well. And when someone who has that gene gets breast cancer, their chance of getting breast cancer in the other breast can be up to 50, 5-0%. If we look at the general population, someone who doesn't carry that particular breast cancer gene, their chance of getting breast cancer in the other breast is only somewhere between 2 and 10%. So, so Christina said something earlier about her having dense breasts and therefore a mammogram wasn't right. enough. So should all women with dense breasts be having MRIs? That's a tough one. I think that... Because your insurance doesn't pay for MRI. Yeah. Many do not. So there are certain situations where the insurance company at least should pay and at least the recommendations are coming down from the oncology societies and the radiologic societies to recommend MRIs. So the density of the breast is, is another issue that we'll talk about. And by density, we mean how big they are? No, dense, and it doesn't even mean how it feels. Density, if you, if you think about, a mammogram is an x-ray and it's a negative. So if we look at, think about taking pictures in a negative, there are things that let the light pass through and other things that don't. But I think of a very dense breast as like you're looking through a snowstorm. You really can't see much. So an MRI can look through that density because it's really looking at other aspects of so the breast. So would we, as individuals with the breasts, would we know whether or not our breasts were dense or not? No, the radiologist is Only the, the radiologist. So it's not by, if you're it's a D or double D or C or no, whatever. No. Okay. And there are women who have very small breasts that can be either fatty or dense. Mm -hmm. Women with large breasts can have either fatty or dense breasts. And with age, we used to think that as that younger women had dense breasts, but older women did not, and that's not true. So either. if you can afford it, would you be better off just going for the MRI? No. And no. the reason for that is that the MRI is going to miss certain things. So we really have to use all of the different treatment options. You have to do your own self-test. Everybody's still breast doing that. Breast self-examination. Right? Yes. We need to mammogram because mammogram is very good at picking up calcifications and some other changes that can happen in the breast. Oncologist Dr. Philomena McAndrew recommends these guidelines when it comes to testing for breast cancer. All women should get yearly mammograms, the basic x-rays that help doctors see tumors or tiny deposits of calcium in the breast. Dr. McAndrew says they should begin at age 35 to 40, but if you have a family history, consult your doctor about starting younger. In addition to mammograms, Dr. McAndrew says some women should also consider an MRI. An MRI uses 3D imaging and helps doctors see what a mammogram may have missed. Ask your doctor about an MRI if you have any of the following. If you carry the breast cancer gene, if you have silicone breast implants, if you have very dense breasts, or if you had radiation to your chest as a teenager. So the truth is you should be asking your doctor, do I have dense breasts or not? I think so. I yeah. think that one has to say when they're told their mammogram is normal, what does that really mean? Yeah. Because a normal mammogram, if it is dense, <clears throat> could still be hiding abnormalities. Yeah. So if one feels something, that would be where an ultrasound can be helpful. Right. If you palpate or feel something and the mammogram doesn't show it, right. then one needs to do an ultrasound. And if that doesn't show it, and there's any question at all about this being other than maybe just a little bit of glandular tissue, an MRI may be very helpful in distinguishing if there's something to be concerned about. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> 
the UP Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, I, this happened to me once, and I'm sure it's happened to you, that you go and they, you know, and I have, do have very dense breasts, and I had felt something, mm-hmm. and it didn't show up on the mammogram. And there's that part of you that's just so happy to hear, oh, it's clear, it's okay. It took me a moment to say, well, I would like to go farther and have you, you know, give me an ultrasound because I really did feel something. Oh, and that is, that is such a concern because you need to be your own advocate. Yeah, yeah. We are honored to introduce our next guest. Honored. My sister Susie and I were as close as two people could be. We did everything together. She was an amazing woman. When Susie was 33, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was a very difficult time. Back in 1978, no one talked about it. Doctors barely knew how to treat it. There wasn't an internet. There were no 1-800 numbers to call. There were no support groups for young patients. My sister lost her battle with breast cancer. One day shortly before she died, we were sitting in her living room. And I remember she was very weak. And she looked at me and she said, Nanny, when I get better, I want you to promise me that we're going to work to make sure that this doesn't happen to other families. It's been almost 30 years and still, there's not a day that goes by that I don't miss Susie. Wow. Okay, let's have a moment. <laughs> you might also know Susie as Susan G. Komen. Nanny is her sister, Nancy Brinker. Really, gives me goosebumps because one woman, Nancy, created the Susan G. Komen Foundation in 1982 to fulfill that promise to her baby sister. Now, her organization has given over $1 billion for breast cancer research. That deserves an amazing thing. So it all started because of a tragedy, and you turned it into something that can be triumphant for millions of women. Thank I hope you. so. I On behalf so. of them, I say thank you. For making yeah, it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Oprah. Before I came out, I said to myself, I bring myself back all the time to the time when, before we had this kind of awareness, and I was thinking there was no color pink. There were no 1-800 numbers. There were no patient support groups. People couldn't even say the words breast out loud. Right. We couldn't use those words when we talked about our foundation. My sister couldn't use those words. She couldn't say it. It was so scary. And she was your age, maybe. She was 33 when she was diagnosed. So it was, it was a very different time. And four years after your sister died of breast cancer, you were diagnosed. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Same kind, same kind of breast cancer she had. And uh, I was terrified. I thought I'd never live to do finish the promise mm-hmm. that I made to her. I decided, I told her before she died, that if it took the rest of my life, I would do this. I just didn't know it really would take the rest of my <laughs> life. 
And what a journey it's been. What an amazing journey it's been because um, I love our organization. It is my sister to me. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. the hundreds of thousands of people who work in it every day, the survivors, every day I get to see a parade of progress. So where did you come up with the idea for, first of all, Pink? Yeah. And then the Race for the Cure? Oprah, it was hope. I grew up in Illinois, and I, I didn't have a, I, I didn't go to Harvard, but, you know, I had a great education at the University of Illinois, but I, I had a background in marketing, uh -huh. and I was so disturbed at the way people talked about breast cancer. It was a death sentence. It was equated, and we've got to put hope in this thing. We've got we to gotta lighten up the landscape somehow. We've got to educate people yeah. that even then there were breast cancer survivors, only you didn't know it. Right. People would cross the street and not talk to my sister. They thought she was contagious. Mm. And I had to change that. I said, we have got to change this. First, there must be awareness, and then there can be change. So that's where the race for the cure came from. That's where all that came from. Now, you've said before that you hope people learn from your sister's mistakes. What right. were they? Not being able to reach out. She was very comfortable in her hometown with her one doctor. And she wasn't able. I, I tried to get her to a comprehensive cancer center, even in those days. It was hard to get in, but she just couldn't. She couldn't. And I, I she know because she, she couldn't face what she thought. It, remember, in those days, treatment was worse even than the disease. People right. thought you'd die. Right. And she felt safe because her physicians there told her she was going to be fine. Wow. It was an error. However, even with all that, I think she would have lost her life because she had very aggressive disease. Yeah. So after that first race for the cure, how many people participated in the first race? You. The first race for the cure, we had 700 people. Everyone told me that it would fail. And I said, just let me try it one time. It's one time. So 800 people showed up. It was drizzling that day. Everything was against us. I thought we were going to have to get people's dogs, cats, and children to come. But they came. And the day I saw the first race, we even brought a mammogram van, which no one had ever seen to the parking lot, mm -hmm. and showed people, walked them through and said, look at this. And by the way, look at the woman next to you. She, she's alive, and she had breast cancer. So I knew, and I could visualize in my mind that this was going to be replicated all over the world, and this was going to be the one event, I didn't know about the Internet then, that was going to yes. make people relate and bond and celebrate survivorship and celebrate hope. And that's the most important thing, is the hope. My name is Mima Carmo. I'm a mother, a daughter, a fighter. There's something about breast cancer, the way it happens to you. It does not come announced, and it's barely expected. It doesn't discriminate, and there is no profile for the disease. I was 32 years old, healthy, single mom, raising a beautiful and spirited three-year-old daughter. My mother was a nurse, so I had been doing self-exams since I was a teenager. I had no family history. But breast cancer doesn't care if you're young or old. It doesn't care what your best laid plans are. It takes residence in your life unexpectedly. My doctor had been trying to call me. She called my desk phone first, and then my cell phone, and my desk phone again. When I saw her number, I knew, I just knew in my heart that I had breast cancer. Before I placed the call back to her, I knew it would be the last normal thing I did that day. I thought, I can't leave my daughter 
I would give my left leg and arm to stay here with her. I can't leave her without a mom. I was terrified. Well, Famous says that she knew before the doctor said a word that she had the cancer. How'd you know? There's some things you just know. You know when a storm is coming, you can smell the rain, you know. And, you know, a woman's intuition is so powerful. God gives us this great gift called intuition. We ignore it sometimes. And I just felt like my body wasn't really doing it. It wasn't really the way it was supposed to be. I was really tired, having night sweats. I was really exhausted. And I just knew intuitively, how are you now? I'm doing so well. God is so good. Mm. I'm doing well. God is, I give him all the glory. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Uh, you told our producer that the person you were before your diagnosis was a facade. What do you mean by that? Well, women are, you know, we tend to put this mask on. We're told to be so strong, to be powerful. We have... We're mothers, we're daughters, we're teachers, we're accountants, we're errand runners, and we yeah. have this facade of just being so strong, and that's not healthy. I had this whole facade going on of being superwoman, always being perfect, and, but breast cancer, it strips you of that because you realize that that's not important, being perfect. It's not important making the bed straight, not important to oh. have everything, your outfit, your hair, it doesn't matter. All that matters is inside, mm -hmm. and the people that you love are important, and your heart and soul are important. When I was laying in bed going through chemotherapy, my mother, one time, she found me in the bathroom. I was crying. I didn't want her to hear me crying, so I turned the shower on. I closed the door, but I was bald, naked, and in the tub in a fetal position crying, and she came to me, and she's like, you got to survive. You know, I said, but I'm ugly. I look horrible. My breast was scarred, and my hair was bald, and I said, who's going to want me? Who, what if I die? Who's going to take care of my daughter, Noel? What kind of mother am I? And she said... Um, you know, you're going to live. You're going to make it. You are a woman. doesn't matter whether you have hair. It doesn't matter whether you have breasts. And I realized the facade of the makeup, the facade of the hair, the facade of the power suit, I didn't need that anymore because oh. the real me came out. Sounds like a spiritual journey as well. It's a, for every woman I've ever talked to who, who's been through it, it's a spiritual transformation that occurs. Yeah. We met Charnette Massey six years ago, a 32-year-old mother who was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. At first, Charnette's doctor told her not to worry about the lump that she'd found under her arm, but Charnette demanded a mammogram because she had a feeling it was something more. Charnette was right and shared her powerful message to all young women. I want every single woman, every single physician, every single person in charge of who gets screening and who does not to know that breast cancer is a life-threatening disease for all women, not just women over the age of 40. Do not wait. Do not just take that smile and say, okay, you're right, I'm fine. 
Well, Charnette's cancer went into remission shortly after that show, but her cancer has returned and has spread to her lungs and to her brain. Charnette wanted to say something. She's joining us by Skype from her living room. What did you want to say to us? I want to say it's been six years and it still hasn't changed. There's still so many young women being diagnosed with breast cancer every single day. And it needs to stop. It really does. And we need to focus more attention on prevention of breast cancer. And it, it just really needs to stop. What gives you hope right now, Charnette? What gives me the most hope is that I know that, that in this world, it's not about how long we live, but what we do with our time while we are here. And so that's why I have dedicated my life to doing everything I can, everything I can to make sure that no other mother has to, to tell their child that they're not going to live long enough to see them grow up like what was told to me. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. So I asked the question, what can friends and, and family members do? What should their role be? Just give hands-on support. People need to be touched because you feel so alone, you feel so isolated. A buddy to go with them to treatment, mm -hmm. to call them every day. Someone to deliver meals, buy groceries, clean their house, watch your children. My family was so helpful. They came, people, they come, they come and watch my daughter's hair, give her a bath, drive her to school because you're so exhausted. Mm -hmm. You don't really think, you think I'm strong, I'll be fine, but if after four months, six months, a year of treatment, your body is just so tired. So family and friends can just surround the person. If they say, I'm, I don't need help, I'm strong, don't listen to that woman. Yeah. She's yeah. being superwoman. Ignore yeah. her. Yeah. People call were, me. Were you able to reach no. out, Christina? Abs absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm very honest. Sometimes I get into superwoman mode and try to pretend like, you know, I'm completely fine with all of this. But then I, I do tell everyone, like you said, just remember, guys, I really don't feel that way. So it's, <laughs> it's really nice when they can kind of, you know, rally around you. And, um, yes, Nancy. I feel very much the same way. I'm lucky to be surrounded by loving friends, and my mother was with me all the way through, and I tried to be there for my sister to the very end. Jeannie and her mom, Betsy, join us on Skype from their living room in Toledo, Ohio. Betsy's currently battling stage three breast cancer. Jeannie has a question for the doctor. Jeannie? Uh, my mom obviously was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was wondering if there are any lifestyle or diet changes that I should start making now to give myself a better chance of living cancer-free. Jeannie, that's such a brilliant thing to ask because there are things that we can do that really can help to reduce our risk of developing breast and other cancers as well. Now, obviously, the lifestyle issues, if one looks at some of the studies that have been done in women who've already had breast cancer, one nutritional, very large nutritional study showed that there was a 25% reduction in the cancer spreading if the women went on low-fat diet. I mean, this was amazing. This is a number similar to what some drugs could do. Really? And this is a lifestyle change. We know that exercise also has decreased the risk of developing breast cancer. Wow. So those are low, the things. Low-fat diet, not low-carb, what everybody tries to do for. <laughs> There's not going to be enough capacity or money in the world to treat the cancer that's developing today. We have got to embrace prevention. Absolutely. We've got to. It's got to be a high priority in this country. Thank you, Jeannie and Betsy. Jeannie's on Skype. Her, she's in her bedroom. 
<laughs> and uh, that's a great way to watch the Oprah show, I must say. <laughs> Dolston, Pennsylvania, you have a question? Uh, yes, I'm actually 37 weeks pregnant and I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was about 18 weeks pregnant. And what can women look for? What can they look for in order to help them? So I can help at least one person in this world so that they don't have to go through this. Well, it is a very confusing time when one is pregnant and the breasts are changing. And many yeah. of the changes that happen are confusing because it may be just milk in the duct. It may be a little inflammation of the duct that happens. And oftentimes, the patients don't know. They how, how did, may I interrupt just a oh. second, doctor? How did you discover this, Dina? That 18 I found it. I actually, I was just sitting on the couch and I had a scratch and I found a lump. Yeah. But the important thing here is that examining your own breasts, knowing, realizing something is different, presenting it to your doctor so you can have the therapy. We do find that there has been a, a slight increase in risk of breast cancers happening around pregnancy. And especially as all of us have tended to push our pregnancies a little later on rather than in our early 20s, you know, we're getting more and more. So there are increasing numbers of women who are going through what you're going through. So what are you going to do? What, what is the process of what's going to happen to you, Dina? Well, you I just I finished a first round of chemotherapy, and they're inducing me on Monday. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to start another round of chemotherapy. Mm. Wow. And then radiation and then tamoxifen, actually. Wow. That's a lot with a new baby. Thank you for sharing. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. 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 Six years ago, I went to a chemotherapy session with one of my guests. How are you guys? Good. Lori Arsalani was a mother of two and battling breast cancer. She was six weeks into her intense chemotherapy treatments when I went along to see what it's like. Were you scared when you first started your first treatment? Absolutely, because you don't know what's going to happen to you. All right, we're ready, Judy. This is one of the two drugs she gets. It's yes, toxic. toxic. It's killing the cells that are growing too fast in her body. Mm -hmm. That's why she has side effects. That's why she's lost her hair. That's Because why... it kills other cells yes. as well. Her hair will grow back in. I think that's a good thing to say to everybody. The hair comes back. It, it always comes back. It yeah. always does. Yeah. And I notice you're holding the picture of the oh, girls. Oh, yeah, my girls. You look at that, and then you say, I can take this. Lori is here today with the hair all grown back. The hair grows back. How are you? You're great. I'm, I'm very good. I am proud to say that I'm a six-year survivor, cancer-free, and I also have a new addition to my family, a baby boy. So oh, oh, fabulous. I love the opportunity to be able to come back on and say there is life after diagnosis, and I was blessed to be cancer-free for six years, continue with my life, and even have another child. So there, there is life after diagnosis. Yeah, you just have to hope. be positive about everything. Yeah. You know, I've been blessed. I haven't had breast cancer, but there was a one woman on our show years ago, Erin Cramp, remember her? Who was doing the tapes for her daughter. I've, I've run in several Race for the Cures in her name. And thank you for creating that bond of women holding up other women. That's, that's how we're going to get through this. Yes. Why I've come out is because I am a perfect example of early detection and that I'm not going to die from this disease. So it's so important that no matter what you think, if someone tells you you're 40, it doesn't matter. 
we, we've got to have early detection, early screening, prevention, and we also have to start having these insurance companies pay for these exams because it, it's, it's ridiculous that they're expensive. Thanks, Charlotte, my guest. God bless you, Charnette. Our prayers. We lift you up, girl. We lift you up. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.